Welcome to Masterclass Theology. Uh, this is Joel. With me, as always, is my buddy Mick. Mick, how's it going? It's going, man. It's going. All right. Well, we are in our final session tonight in the book of Ecclesiastes, and we're calling tonight Perspective. And we are in chapter 11, and we'll finish in, of course, chapter 12. And I wanted to start tonight uh, looking at, because most of us out there listening to this, I'm, I'm assuming uh, we're in some kind of stay-at-home or quarantine or shut-in, and we are in a, just a unique situation. So I wanted to start tonight with some quarantine wisdom. And we wanted to look at the first eight verses of chapter 11. But before we do that, we're going we're gonna to dig into this text here nicely. But we're going to open up with a word of prayer. Mick, would you launch us with some prayer, please? Sure thing. Heavenly Father, um, we come before you and we want to praise you and acknowledge you always as God. Um, we thank you because we know that you love us. We thank you because we know that through it all, um, you are with us. And one of the things that we're going to see as we go into this book is how important you are from start to finish in everything. Speak to us today. Speak through us, through Joel and me right now. And, and speak to those who are listening to this podcast that they will be blessed by you, not because of Joel and me, but because of your words. Uh, again, we are nothing without your word, and we need your word to guide us and to instruct us in everything, um, to to tell us how to think, really. But your word, not not anybody, but you through your word. And we ask that your spirit guide this process as we, we dive into these last two chapters of the book of Ecclesiastes. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So in chapter 11, uh, Koheleth here, the teacher, is he gets very, it's almost like fortune cookie-esque, or he, he turns into like a business seminar. And so he's going to give some advice here in the beginning of chapter 11. And I'm just going to go line by line and kind of, I'm going to read the verse, and I'm just going to give a brief a synopsis of what's going on here. And then after the eight verses, I've got six quarantine wisdom points that I, I really believe uh, will help us uh, as we are in this shut-in season and to be able to maximize this time for God's glory. So we begin. Uh, verse 1, it says, ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. You know, he's speaking of long-term investments here. We're not surprised that Koheleth is, is advocating, taking a long-term view of life. Uh, verse 2, interest in seven Invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Well, this is the old uh, standard of distribution of risk. Or we might say, don't have all your eggs in one basket. Verse three, if clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there will, there will it lie. There's so much outside of our control, friends. Certain, there's a certain way to look at our life and our situations, and we just got to learn that there's so many things that just we don't have control over. And especially in the ancient world, they had no control over the rain or, or, or the, the, whatever happens in life. They, just, they were just stuck. They just had, just had to deal with it. Verse 4, whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Wow, it's like waiting when you should be working is not wise. So this guy here is watching the wind, and he's not working the fields because he's too busy watching the wind. 
And uh, maybe he's trying to game the system here. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to get an advantage. I don't know. But what I do know is he, he's, he's not doing what he should be doing. Verse 5, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Now we finally come to a verse where we say, aha, science has shown us many things. We do know the path of the wind. We have wind socks and, and we can do wind speed with anemometers and all those kind of things. Or, you know, we have ultrasounds and we have embryology. We know exactly how the, how, how the body is formed in a mother's womb. And we have great, you know, obstetricians and gynecologists. We can figure all these things out. But he continues, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Take life as it comes and trust God. I mean, there, there's a lot that we think we know, but there's a lot we don't know. And we just, we just got to realize that the, mo- the more we think we know, there's a great deal more that we don't know. Verse 6, sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let your hands not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Keep at work. So much is not in your hands. So uh, do what you can with your day. And then a seven and eight, he speaks of light and darkness. He says, light is sweet and it pleases the eye to see the sun. However many years anyone may live, let them enjoy them all. But let them remember the days of darkness for there will be many. So find joy in the various seasons of life and let your desires, or just find joy in, in the various seasons of life and just remember that there's good times and there's going to be not so good times. Mick, what's your thought about these first eight verses here? You you said pretty much everything I, I could have said about them, Joel. Um, really, you, you hit on it. I, I have nothing further to add. That was a, a very, very perfect covering of, of those verses. Wow. Well, very nice. I, I'm so, very, thank you for the, uh, the, the, the compliment there. So let's look at some quarantine wisdom here. So I've, we've got six things here and they're, they're based upon these eight verses. And my goal is our goal right now is to take those eight verses that speak about business and speak about, you know, all these things and, per, but they really speak about perspective. And so here, here, here's, here's six things here that I hope and pray will guide you as wisdom for your quarantine. Most people, as we said, listening to this podcast right now are stuck at home. Some listeners are able to work and they're able to go outside the house and they're, they're essential employees, they're first responders, and we thank God for you. And soon we will be, uh, we hope and pray, we're returning back to some kind of normalcy. But until then, if you're stuck at home listening to a podcast, here's six things. Number one, there are simply matters in life where you can't have knowledge or exert any control. There's all kinds of things you just don't know. And so for right now, for example, uh, you don't know the decisions of others, whether it's the government making decisions and uh, states around the, around the United States are making decisions about quarantine and stays at, stay at home orders. And what of a, of a certain state or what the legislature says, you're stuck. And there, you, you have no uh, control over the decisions other people make. You never do. Uh, you, maybe your, your employer has made decisions and, and you, you, you're stuck by that. You just can't do anything about that. There are simply matters in life where you can't have knowledge or even exert control. Number two, during this quarantine season, invest in godly habits. Koheloff kept talking about investing and doing these things. Well, you have an opportunity to invest as you're stuck at home, as you're sitting on the couch. Invest in godly habits. 
Invest in healthy relationships. Think bigger and further out. And the things you are investing in right now are going to pay dividends someday. The habits you begin to form right now, the perspective you begin to hold and nurture right now are going to pay dividends. And so invest in healthy relationships. So ask yourself, who has God put in your life? And then once you've got people in mind, ask this, who do you have influence over? So if you're a parent of young children like I am, I have influence over my son and my daughter. So I am reminded all the time of how I live this life matters and the way I live this life matters. And, and, and if I get angry, that matters. If I don't get angry, if, I, if I'm just lazy and not working on things or if I'm helping them get their homework, done, all these things, who I invest in, the kind of people I want my children to be, I need to invest in that. And finally, uh, who can you encourage? Well, maybe you say, well, I don't have anybody and I don't have any kids or I don't have anybody I, I can influence. I don't feel like I can influence anybody. Okay, I bet there are people in your life that you could encourage. So invest in those healthy relationships. Think bigger and think further out. Number three, look at the world with a long-term view. Take note of any attachment or idols. I know for many of us, and I'm included, I, I have my phone in my hand all the time. And that phone, I'm attached to it. It's very easily something that could become an idol if it's not already. It's just there's so much we can do on our phones. And I know the irony of you're probably on your phone listening to this podcast right now. But take note of any attachments you have. And number four, make use of the time given you and start. Just get started. Take the next good step and trust God. Maybe you're overwhelmed right now. In fact, you probably are overwhelmed. Many of us are overwhelmed. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to start. You've got all these different things you got to do. Take the next right step. Number five, keep focused and goal-oriented. Pursue the task. Develop the relationship. For some of you, you're very task-oriented. Well, pursue the next task, the next right task. For some of you, you're very people-oriented. You're investing in those relationships. Develop that relationship. And finally here, though the sun's rays are hot, the light is wonderful. Enjoy the light before the dark. He says the light is sweet. It pleases the eyes to see the sun. It, yeah, the, I, I can't tell you. I used to really enjoy make, driving at night. For some reason, night was calming for me. But now, now as, as, as a man who wants to get up early and have a quiet house, I love the sunrise. I love waking up early with the light, just a little bit of light, and enjoying a cup of coffee in the morning and uh, the brand new day. Make it any wisdom from these, these, these verses here to add to, the, to our quarantine. Is there anything else we ought to know from these eight verses to be able to guide us as uh, we are in our quarantine sessions? You know, the big one that I, I really, uh, that resonated a lot with me was, was keep it, keeping um, an eye on the long view of things. You know, this is, this is play the long game. I think a lot of times we look for quick, quick uh, gratification, quick fixes, and they really let down. Hmm. Yeah. There's and I think as we're going through this quarantine, mo now more than ever, we really need to have the long view of things. Hmm. In Luke chapter 9, uh, speaking of uh, the long view of things, if you, were, if you were a disciple of Jesus, if you were a Christian, a believer in God listening to this podcast, then Jesus gives us a command in Luke chapter 9. He says, 
if you want to be his disciple, you got to do three things. Deny yourself and pick up that cross and then follow him. And those of us who are working out there right now who are not staying at home, we're, the cross we're picking up is this general cross of uncertainty. And, you know, it'd be great if we had like ultraviolet vision and we could be able to see a virus and know exactly where to go and where not to go, who to touch, what not to touch, how, how far away to be from people. But we just can't. And some of us are out there working and, we, and, and we're just we're stuck with that. Are we are we going to start developing symptoms? Have we done enough social distancing? Have we got have we been safe enough? Have we kept certain boundaries? We just don't know, but it's a cross we're bearing. And others of us are stuck at home or we're like, when are we going to get back to normal? And we're worried about those people who are out there in the world and out there in society. And we're grumbling and all these things. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And a quarantine time, a stay at home time, a shelter in place time is a perfect opportunity to practice self-denial because the temptation is to constantly not deny the self. And so you, you, you eat too much. You don't get any exercise and you, you are short with people and you do all these things, you know, you shouldn't do. And you don't do the things, you know, you should do because you just don't have your normal routine and self-denial. What an opportunity to practice self-denial and make here from Matthew 25. There's a parable of Jesus. The question is, are is the parable of the talents. And there was one servant uh, the, the, of the three servants, two servants put, put the money to work and, uh, and, and, and made, a, made a profit for the master. But the third one was afraid and he just simply buried it and he didn't make any, he didn't do anything with it. And so with this time you've been given in, in quarantine shut in or during this season of life, God has given you your next breath. God has provided for you. And are you like the servant who has, who has worked the talent and you're going to see a return on that investment? Or are you the one who just buried it? Are you just like, well, life, life stinks right now, so I guess I can't do anything, so I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to play with my, play with my, my schedule and just constantly just, just practice you know, pleasing whatever fancy I have as opposed to actually still trying to honor God. Mick, what's the temptation here? Is the temptation to, to bury or to seek an investment? temptation yeah so in our quarantine time with that with that parable here before we move on the the servant that that buries it because he's afraid and maybe he's lazy or the other one who is uh who is taking advantage of this time and really busting it i know for me that the, the temptation, temptation is, is to be lazy but you know i, I right right that that is the temptation to be uh to be lazy and not do anything, um, especially knowing that the master is, is demanding. Yeah, you've been given this season in quarantine. You, there's no surprise that you're listening to this podcast in this season of your life. There's no surprise that you are uh, being directed in God's word. Pay attention to what God is doing. Pay attention to what God is doing inside of you and outside of you. And as so, it's so tempting just to get onto Facebook and just keep scrolling and just keep getting more happier, more angry, or more frustrated based upon what you see. But just remember, God's in control. And remember is the, is the, the focus of our next section here, verses 9, 11, 9 to 12, 8. 
And he begins here, you who are young, be happy while you are young and do not and, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see. But know that for all these things, God will bring you in judgment. Now, Mick, I, I was getting upset at this verse, of course, because I, I believe Disney has done us wrong when they when they told us to follow our heart. And this verse on the outset seems to be like, yeah, just whatever your heart says to do, desires are a great thing and follow them. And and I've often thought, Mick, that uh, you, your emotions are never a good compass. They're a good thermometer. They can kind of tell you what's going on or what your temperature is, you might say. But they're a really bad compass. Like you don't want to follow them. And so I'm looking at this verse and I'm going, oh, my gosh, no. We're all let your desires do you some good. But I love how the verse ends. It's yeah. It, 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 you, you follow the ways of your heart and what of your eyes see. But God's going to bring you into judgment. It's like God's still a part of this, right? Yes. It, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit like when that kid that wants to run away and the, and the parents tell him, okay, go ahead, run away, see what happens. So it's not like God's really telling the kid, run away. It's like, do you, it's more like, do you really want to run away? And that's the problem with following your heart. Do you really want to follow your heart? Especially when you're aware of the judgment that, that's going to follow. So we have desires, but these desires are not meant for foolishness. They're meant, you know, you, some of you have these desires out there that you know the, that are sinful. Obviously, don't, do not follow those desires because those desires are not going to honor God at all. But if you have desires that are not sinful, then those are good things. And God has given you those things for a reason. And uh, enjoying this life is, we've learned about that in Ecclesiastes. It's a very good thing, uh, uh, enjoying this life while we still get to live it. But just remember, God, don't ever forget God and don't forget what God's role in all this is. And don't forget what, what God's purpose is. And don't forget that God's going to be there at the end. Number 10. So then banish. Oh, this is one of the times where uh, it's not not the greatest translation. So I'm going to I'm going to retranslate on the spot. The Hebrew word there for anxiety. It really translates to frustrations. So then banish frustrations from your heart. And cast off all the troubles of your body, for youth and vigor are meaningless. Because the, the translation I have here is it banished anxiety from your heart. And so many people I know listening to this podcast or people in our life uh, have anxiety. And, oh, yeah, just, just banish anxiety. Well, isn't that nice? Boy, I wonder if we could just do that. And no, there's frustrations. Banish frustrations from your heart and cast off the evil of your body, for youth and vigor are meaningless. And there's... We, we, I've never been this person, Mick, but uh, I've never been the, I guess I've been young, but I have never really, really been pretty. It's like, we know people, maybe you see a celebrity and they're just gorgeous and they're just, you know, perfect physique. And you're thinking to yourself, boy, they've got that going for them. But then uh, eventually uh, that, that, that beauty is, is not going to be the same as it was. And the, the physique, and they're going to have to work a lot harder to, uh, to keep those six pack abs or you see those, professional like basketball players and they have this line that says father time is undefeated eventually the body's going to break down and so if you're just going to trust in your youth and your vigor as what you're going to gain it's meaningless it's never going to provide that long term it's just one more thing that's not going to lead to profit 
So in 12.1, remember your creator all the days of your, in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when, when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. It's just like somebody who's a money person saying, hey, you can do one thing when you're younger that would make the greatest thing. Start investing. Get a 401k or do a five, you know, 503, but whatever it is, it's like start investing and go, go take out a Roth IRA and maximize it. If you don't do anything else with your money, do that and start doing it when you're young and let the, let the principles of compound interest work their magic. And it's like to have that idea in mind here. So it's like start this kind of attitude. Remember your creator when you're young. So when you get older and the body starts breaking down and all these things, the, the wrinkles start to form, the pain starts to form. You don't recognize the person in the mirror anymore. You've already built that interest. You've, you've already paid that dividend in or that investment in. Develop the attitude now that remembers God because the sun and the light of the moon and the stars are going to grow dark. And that's poetry. But I got to say, Mick, that's almost like Joel chapter two or a chapter in Ezekiel. I mean, the sun and the stars don't exactly grow dark. And so they do in, in like in an apocalyptic sense where God's going to some at the very end. I, I wonder if Koheleth is getting, you know, like end of days here, like, Hey, the end is going to come eventually, even that end, like the, the end end of days. And, you know, you, you've got to be putting in this time now that develops this attitude that trusts God and finds purpose in God now, because someday all the other stuff in life is going to choke it out and you're not going to want to do anything. And he just goes on here and in verses three to eight, I'll just read them in a rapid form here. But the two main approaches commentators take here is he's either describing the aging process in a family or possibly like a funeral. Um, and the second one is he's continuing this end times idea, this apocalyptic thing. So, but regardless, it's like eventually it's, it's like building upon the, the clouds returning after the rain and the sun, the moon and the stars grow dark. So he continues in three. When the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when people rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint, when people are afraid of heights and, and do dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms and the almond tree, evidently the almond tree blossoms nicely in the spring. So, it's like a nice uh, image of youth and spring and the grasshopper drags itself along. A desire is no longer stirred. Then people go to the eternal home and mourners go about the streets. Remember him as in God before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken. And we don't exactly know what that means, but uh, the, the golden bowl, some people think it means like your head and like your, your, your idea of your body is going to break down. And the silver cord is like your spirit. Like they pictured your spirit being connected to the heavens by some kind of a silver cord. Before your spirit and your body are, just, are, are, are shattered here. Before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well. And the dust returns to the ground where it came from. See, this sounds like a grave, a, gra a gravesite thing here. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. And the dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless. Meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Wow. What a what a chunk there. This 
Mick, before we sally forth here into some purpose and into some uh, remember statements here, what's your thought about uh, these verses? So eleven nine to twelve a. What stands out to you? Well, it's a, it's a reminder that it's all going to come to an end. Hmm. It's all going to come to an end, and he ends it with the famous "meaningless, meaningless," which we have discussed time and time again. Is the word uh, vapor or, or and uh, you know Hevel, and it's fleeting. It's very fleeting. Hmm. There's nothing you can do to to hold on to to grab it. And to keep it, it's it's going to get away from you. And that's what happens to us in life. It's going to get away from us. Amen. Remember God. Remember God. Mm-hmm. Number one here, find enjoyment in this life. But that joy is to be pursued with God's boundaries. No one can say, well, well, well God, God doesn't want me to enjoy my life. That's wrong. In fact, we've studied in Ecclesiastes, God has uniquely equipped you to be able to enjoy your life. And God has provided you the things for, for you to enjoy, but you need to enjoy them with boundaries. You just can't live willy nilly. Life is not some hedonistic pleasure seeking opportunity. God has boundaries and every good relationship has boundaries. Number two, this joyful life isn't defined by our frustrations and our troubles. I know we have frustrations and especially if you're quarantined, you wish you weren't quarantined. Life seems to be one big frustration. You have troubles. You have troubles in your relationships. You have troubles in your family. You have troubles at work. You have troubles with your your, your, your bank account right now. You have troubles at all these things. But your life is not defined by those troubles. It's not defined by them. Your life is defined by the joy of the Lord being your strength, as Nehemiah would tell us. Your life is defined by honoring God and obeying him and seeking well we'll get there towards the end here but if your life is defined by your frustrations you need you need to there's something that needs to be different about you your life and we all know people like that who are who are more of the 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 drama kings or drama queens every time you see them there's always something new to complain about and you probably don't want to be around that person for very long and if you can't think of anybody right now you probably are that person in someone's life all you do is complain. All you do is you just, you're just constantly groaning. And the people who seemingly have the most to groan about, you don't find them groaning. They found a perspective and some kind of a strength with God. They found something with Jesus that enables them to be able to, to soar on wings like eagles, even though they have to wait. And so let your years have meaning and purpose. Number three, life will only get more challenging in certain respects. So you better remember God now. Mick, as you said, everything's going to come to an end eventually. This is your opportunity to put in this investment. This is your opportunity while you still draw breath. This season of your life, God has brought this message to you. Remember him. Give him glory. Seek after his things now. Because darkness is coming. Age is going to make its mark. Your youth will be spent. Pleasures will eventually cease. And death awaits. The gainful life finds meaning in the things of God now. The life that matters the most, the life that's not meaningless, that's not empty, that's not vaporous, that's not a breath, or that's not defined by the Hebrew word as mixer hebel. It's like that life finds meaning in the things of God now. So, Mick, I got to ask this opening question here. We're, we're told to live joyfully, but but does that mean I can't live seriously? Is joyful living serious living? I think it can be. Um. 
you know, I was kind of giving it some thought as I was reading these notes. And, and part of the reason I, it's kind of like you work hard to play hard or, and I think, you know, but thinking along those lines of, um, you know, being serious, you have to be serious so that, so you can get things done so that you can enjoy things. And I think there, there's a certain value to that. Yeah. And I think um, a word that Junior use, likes to use a lot in the sermons is is being intentional. When I think about seriousness, I, I think of intentionality. You have to be intentional about what it is you're doing. There's a follow-up question here that, that, that kind of digs at this a bit more. What perspective can we have on pleasure as a focus in life? Because if the joyful living is serious and you can be serious about your joy, you can be serious about how you approach this life, then what perspective can we have on pleasure? Because most of us are, we wouldn't call ourselves like a Solomon and motivated by his pleasure, like how he did back in, back in chapter one, where that was meaningless. Uh, but we're, we're, we usually, do, we don't want pain. We want comfort. We want protection. We want security. We want to feel good. We want these things in our life. And, if we live for that, that's more of a hedonistic pursuit where life is all about me and getting what I'm supposed to get. And, and, and once I get it, I get to enjoy it. It doesn't matter who has to pay for that. Uh, but I, I remember a great, great pastor and author, John Piper, he wrote a book and he talked about being a Christian hedonist. And it says, when your greatest possible pleasure is found in pleasing God. It's like when, when God, when God's pleasure is your greatest pursuit. So a Christian hedonist finds their greatest possible pleasure in God and they live for that pleasure. So a hedonist just lives for pleasure, but a Christian hedonist lives for pleasure, but that pleasure is found in God. So you're living that greatest possible pursuit is in God. And so what do you think Kohelet would say about that kind of focus, Mick, that, uh, the, the hedonistic, he's already criticized the hedonistic focus before hedonism even existed. But what about finding your ultimate pleasure in God and pursuing that with everything you have? Do you think he would agree? Yes, because I think this is where a lot of this is all going. He's the creator and, and um, we're, we're created for his pleasure, not the other way around. Amen. And we're, and we're going to be seeing the word creator in these passages quite a bit right now. I mean, just in these two chapters here, the word creator comes up at least two to three times. What are some good ways to remember God right now in this season of your life? Even if you say, well, I'm not young anymore. Okay, fine. Uh, you're, you're, there's other people who are younger than you and there's other people younger than me and that, that doesn't change, but you, you're in this season of your life and uh, you've, you've done what the Psalm says. You're numbering your days to have a heart of wisdom. And what are the best ways right now in this season of your life to remember God? Any thoughts on that, Mick? Well, what, what, what should we remember? Besides remembering the fact that he's our creator, there's a lot of things to remember. And, and it's the things that we don't really stop to think about. The fact that I got up this morning, why was I able to get up this morning? The fact that I was able to 
enjoy my coffee this morning, the fact that I was able to see the sunlight, the fact that I don't even have to stop and think, okay, um, heart, I need you to start beating at, at such a pace, uh, arms, legs, nose, mouth. I need you to, 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 uh, to coordinate how we're going to do this breathing. Uh, heart, I need you to pump and circulate the blood and just our uh, neurons and synapses. I need you guys firing off. We're not having to think about any of that. We're not having to think about that. And we should stop to think about the fact that we don't have to think about that and realize, wow, these are things that God has given us. You know, we're able to enjoy that meal. We're able to enjoy getting out of bed. Even, even a person that has um, health problems will, will, to some extent, be happy to still be something about being alive. Amen. You think about the Old Testament when they crossed the Jordan River, they went back, they went, they went and got stones, 12 smooth stones from the middle of the river. And the first thing they did was built an altar on the other side, on the other bank. And so that all that passed by one day would see these stones that have no business being there otherwise. And they would remember the faithfulness of God. And as something that Mick highlighted there, and just taking one interpretive step back, God is faithful. We need to remember that no matter how hard our life is right now, God is faithful. In fact, I like to say it's a bit crude, but life sometimes sucks. In fact, so, 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 life sometimes really sucks, but God is always faithful. And we, we need to always remember who our creator is and how he has provided for us. And it gets our mind off of us just a little bit more and onto him just a little bit more and think and uh, is it a oh gosh humility i think it was um a preacher out in california said humility is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking it's thinking of yourself less and when we're remembering god we're remembering his faithfulness and remembering how he's provided for us and we have some uh, some concluding words here mick our conclusion to the matter, verses uh, chapter 12, verses 9 to 14. Not only was the teacher wise, if, if you're somebody who all along you've been believing that, that the, the, the author of Ecclesiastes is really authors, that he's, he's now finished quoting the teacher. He just finished in, in verse 8 quoting Koheleth. He's done quoting him, so now he's talking about it. Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered, and that word pondered is, is, is listen. he listened. He searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. Their collective sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. I remember, Mick, I, uh, I had, I played one year of college football, and we had, we, we had hell week, of course, and, and, and we, we, they, they brought in this motivational speaker for us. And towards the end of the motivational speaking, uh, like he gave us a lecture or two and, you know, he had lunch with us or whatever. And, and he told us to all go out into the parking lot. And uh, so we were in a nice air conditioned room, which is not not what we were used to for hell week. We were used to sweating out in the August sun. But he said, go out to the parking lot and find a rock. Just find a little pebble, something on, on the ground there. And I want you to stick it in your shoe, stick it in a place that's not going to cause you to hurt yourself. Maybe between, 
you know, the side of your foot and then the shoe. But for the rest of hell week, have that pebble in your shoe. And that pebble is going to remind you of your purpose. It's going to remind you to stay focused on, on decisions you're making. You know, some of the guys on the team are like, yeah, yeah, we're not going to drink alcohol this year. Or we're not going to be involved with women. We're, we're going to try to live for the good of the team this year. We're going to do this. And uh, for me, I didn't have to give up alcohol. I gave up pop. But uh, that, that was my thing. I didn't have, really have any alcohol. But, uh, but yeah, it, that, 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 it was a goad. It constantly reminded me that um, it, was, it was just reminding me that I had something stuck in my shoe. And that something was to, 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 to spur me on, literally to spur me on and to, uh, to remember what to do and what not to do. And so uh, the words of the wise are like those goads. Be warned, my son, anything in addition to them, of anything in addition to them, of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Mick, before we sally forth with this, any, any thoughts on these verses here, 9 to 14? As far as uh, 9 to 14 are concerned, it always comes back to um, fear God and keep his commandments. You know, in the final analysis, after everything I've said about everything in life, about finances, about governance, about you know, everything there is, pleasure, life, death, injustice, it all comes down to fear God. It's the beginning of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. Four quick points here. Wisdom comes from listening, examining, and interpreting. So if you want to be a wise person, you better be a good listener. And as you listen and take in all that data, you need to examine that and you need to be able to interpret that because there's plenty of data coming in everywhere. Everybody has a voice and everybody wants to talk to you and everybody wants to just constantly um, give you things to think about and, and tell you how you should believe about this or that. But you need to be a good listener, a good examiner of that data and to be able to interpret. Number two, some wisdom brings illumination. Other wisdom brings irritation, kind of like that, 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 that that uh, rock in my shoe in the football training. Uh, both are guides from God. Some wisdom illuminates you, others it just brings irritation. And let both be your guide. Number three, there is no need to go outside of what God's word has given us for ultimate guidance. Yes, there are things in this world that do provide good guidance and they are good sources of information. And they remind us that, um, you know, the Bible is never meant to be a science textbook, for example. So this is not saying that you just, you know, read the Bible and that's all you ever need for any, any piece of knowledge. That's not what I'm saying. But in terms of your ultimate knowledge, in terms of ultimately uh, to answer the biggest questions in life, then and where are you going? How are you getting there? What is most important to do with this life? Great meaning questions. The Bible is all we need for that. It, it is sufficient. God's word has given us what we need, what we require to answer those questions. And finally here, how you live this life matters and you will be held accountable. 
there is, we can't just live this life on our own terms. How you live this life matters. So, so fear God and keep his commandments. This is our duty. And any thought on these, on these four things we just looked at, Mick, here, just before we get to our, our conclusion uh, on wisdom. Well, that's just it. You know, that, that we are going to be held accountable to all, to all this stuff. And when you're when you realize that you're going to be accountable, it makes you think twice about how you do things and, and what you do. Amen. I, I know that uh, when I have I have a food program for my diet that I use my fitness pal and I know that every everything that goes past my my lips has to be recorded on that app. Other, it's, it's basically an old Weight Watchers trick. You just journal what you eat. But that's like self-accountability. And if you stay true to that, and that accountability works, it really works. It, it just reminds yourself, oh, my goodness. If I eat that, I'm going to have to report that. I, I may indeed eat that. I may indeed enjoy that. But I've got to report how you live this life matters. I don't think the Bible tells us we get a do-over. Eternity starts now. It's like eternal life just continues. I mean, this is this is it. And how you live matters. And who you live for matters. And so Mick and I are very thankful that we got to uh, join you on this journey to be able to guide you to the book of Ecclesiastes. And, and it's been such a pleasure. But we wanted to offer you our perspective, kind of like a wrapping up this book moment here. Uh, I've got Mick's five and then my, my my five, Joel's five. So we'll begin with Mick's five, just a kind of closing perspective, wrapping up the book of Ecclesiastes. Mick, if you, would you give us your five, please? All right. Number one, I put down, remember God is our creator. And uh, that means we, we don't attempt to, to make sense out of life without God. If you look at chapter one, what's Kohala doing? He's, he's starting to examine things, but you notice God's not in the picture. So he goes about it with wisdom being the starting point as if wisdom in and of itself were, were the thing and it, it got him nowhere fast. So that's why when he's talking about remember God in our youth, youth representing that starting point, it's important to, to start with God. Uh, number two, life is fleeting. It, it's vaporous. Uh, we, we, can, we can literally die at any moment. Anything can happen at any time. God forbid, but we could die today. Um, again, God forbid, you know, um, I was just looking at the news today before we, we, we got into class and, and there was a, a Bollywood actor that who died at the age of 52 just recently, whether it was today or yesterday. And, and again, 52, that's that's just like four years away from where I'm at right now. I mean, this is a guy that had money and and, and wealth and everything. And, and he had a, a condition and he died. Uh, number three, be happy and appreciate what God has given us in the here and now. God says we can enjoy these things, and I'm, by golly, I, I plan on enjoying them. Uh, number four, wisdom is a great thing. I mean, I don't want to knock wisdom because wisdom is a great thing. And he talks about wisdom being a great thing all throughout the book. But there's a difference between wisdom and omniscience. So we need to stop trying to leverage life like like we, we, we because we simply can't know everything. Uh, at, we're not God, which brings me to number five. Because we're not God, let's fear who God is. Why? Because we, he created us. And again, he created us for his pleasure. Our greatest pleasure really is his pleasure. 
It's a, how can I, how can I make him happy today? Um, again, we, we live for him. He's not our genie in a bottle. We are his servants. Joe? Well, my five, my number one, and they all start with wise people. Wise people don't live for themselves. So you are, you're looking up, you're looking out, and you're not living life. All right, we had a brief technical uh, snafu there, a little technical difficulty. We had just gotten done hearing Mix 5, and uh, as we concluded this final session of Ecclesiastes called Perspective, and now I'm going to give you my five, and then we're going to say a closing word, and hopefully, if you're listening to this, I will be able to, to, to fit both pieces to this recording together. Here's my five. Number one, wise people don't live for themselves. Number two, wise people trust God, and they look for his hand at work. It's uh, a line from uh, like the Prince of, of Egypt movie, look at your life through heaven's eyes. So wise people don't live for themselves. Wise people trust God and look for his hand at work. Number three, wise people understand control. And there's things you can control and there's things you can't control. The things you can control, you better honor God with those things. The things you cannot control, and we're in this quarantine season, there's a lot we can't control. What you can control, honor God, obey God, glorify God. What you cannot control, trust God and leave it in God's hands. Number four, wise people enjoy the process. Find meaning in, in life's journey and uh, in the journey. Find, find meaning in that journey. Don't just look, okay, when I finally get there, I'll, I'll be happy. When I finally get to this goal, I'll be happy. When I finally do this, I'll be happy. And actually, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to find joy. If you haven't enjoyed life all along, you're not going to enjoy the, the, the next destination or the next step. Find meaning in the journey. Wise people enjoy the process. And finally, number five, wise people shepherd others. Wise people are ones who are investing in people. They're investing in relationships. They're seeking to glorify God by encouraging someone else's walk. They're constantly wanting to shepherd other people. And wise people use their wisdom to shepherd, to be to benefit other people. And those are my five. Mick, thank you for your five. Thank you for your uh, participation in this journey. It's been a pleasure to uh, to record on this uh, on the Anchor app. Up until this moment, we've had no problems at all in terms of uh, the recording. And uh, I hope again this all works out. But I wanted to close with uh, a quick promo for where we're going next. And we're going to spend our next month. We're going to spend the month of May, four sessions, and we're going to look at the word wait. And wait has four letters. And each of those letters is going to be the, uh, the first letter in, uh, in a word. And each one of those words is going to be part of the theme. W-A-I-T. We're going to spend four weeks looking at the word wait because we're in this moment where probably by the month of June, a lot of our life, in fact, if we understand uh, where society is going right now, most likely by the month of June, things will start to get back to some kind of semblance of normalcy or, or we'll, be on the, we'll be on the process. And we're kind of in the middle of this waiting game right now for one more month. And so next week, we're going to start next month, we're going to start looking at the word wait. And we're going to do so through four, 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 four vignettes, four passages 
of the life of David. We're going to look at the life of David in the Bible, and he's going to teach us about waiting. And I'm going to do something really, this is going to be a little bit difficult to, to do over, over, over the, the podcast. But many of you listening to this podcast, I know you, and Mick knows you, and we, we, we interact with you, and, and we've met you before. But I, I've, I've processed some of the analytics from the Anchor app, and I know there are people who have listened to this podcast who are actually all over the world from various countries and various states. We're part of a church, uh, the Bridge Community Church in the northwest suburb of Chicago. And so we're a suburban church here, but there are people who aren't a part of this church who listen to this podcast. There are people all over the United States and even from various countries that listen to this podcast. We're so very thankful you're here. And we're going to do something cool for, at least I think it's cool, or the one I report to thinks is cool. We're going to do something, and I know a lot of people have been uh, doing these things on their phone. They're called Zoom meetings, Z-O-O-M. And what we're going to do is we are going to host this discussion over a Zoom chat room, and we're going to do uh, like a video class. So uh, for those of you that I know, I will be able to email you the, the link to that Zoom meeting. But if you're out there in podcast land, and you are, maybe you're sitting there in another country and you're sitting there in another state and you're saying, boy, I'd love to be a part of that. I think it'd be the coolest thing ever if you were to join our Zoom meeting. And most likely what we're going to do is like a Wednesday night uh, uh, here in you know Central Standard Time here in, in, in the United States of America. So I know for some of you to, to be a part of this would be a great, great investment of time here. But uh, we are going to have a Zoom meeting and we're going to we're going to teach this class live, but we're also going to do it over a, like a video chat. We're going to do what everyone's doing right now. And so if you want to be a part of that, I'm going to give you my church email address. And I'm going to ask you if, if that's you and you're you're somewhere where you don't even know me. And and if that's you and you don't know me or Mick, and you'd be, love to be a part of that. You'd love to say, hi, here we are. And, we, we, and, and I, we've got some listeners. I, I saw in the analytics from Norway. Hi, yeah, we're in Norway. We're in Oslo. And we'd love to be able to join this and be able to say hi to people in the United States. Great. How awesome would that be? Here, here's how you're going to do that. Since I have no way to reach out to you because I don't know who you are, you need to email me. And my email address is, my name is Joel Bradshaw. So my email address is jbradshaw. So that's J-B-R-A-D-S-H-A-W at thebridge.church. I'll spell that out again. J-B-R-A-D-S-H-A-W at T-H-E-B-R-I-D-G-E dot C-H-U-R-C-H. Bradshaw at the bridge dot church. If you want to be a part of this Zoom uh, teaching on wait for the month of May, you need to email me, especially if I don't know you. And how awesome would that be? It'd be great to meet you. So we begin to wait next week. Mick, God bless. Thank you for joining me on this on this thing. I'm going to give you the final word on Ecclesiastes. <laughs> you put that spot there, man. Oh yeah, definitely. remember the Lord and fear Him. Amen. Well, this has been Masterclass Theology from the Book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, Mick and Joel, God bless and have a good evening. Adios.